0: I am Carl Christensen. I am joined today by Cameron and Matt. Tim, we believe, has lost the battle to artificial intelligence, and we won't be hearing from him anymore.
1: He has become one with ChatGPT. Um, well, I mean, not that we endorse one over the other. He could have <laughs> succumbed yeah. to either of the. <laughs> That's
0: right. He's anyway. got, he had a few options, you know, it was whoever offered him a little bit more money. He didn't put in much of a fight, um, <clears throat> which is only tangentially related to the topic du jour, which is robotics. Which uh, We've done a podcast in the past about artificial intelligence, but this is going to be specifically about robotics, and Matt's going to tell us a little bit about uh, uh, the basics of robotics. So shoot, Matt.
1: Okay. So with that, has everybody seen Star Wars? Um, That's the one with Jean-Luc
0: Picard. Oh, boy.
1: I can tell (laughs) this one's going to go well. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: All right. Well, okay, so first off, what what is a robot? What what do people understand as a robot being? Well, I I think the general
0: layman picture is you picture somewhere between like your Roomba, like um, the uh, automated machine type of get a task done all the way up to, you know, your fully you know intelligent bicentennial man achieving human consciousness um you know fully functional android so uh something that is mm, mm, made of non-biological substances and can interact with the physical world
1: uh Those are good thoughts, Cameron. Cameron is taking, uh, is is pondering deeply here. Well, he's also lost
0: to the artificial intelligence. Okay, that's fine.
2: I, yeah, good old artificial intelligence. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's. I think like the most basic thing like for robotics is you know. The um, programming something with a command and it's and it does it. So I think that's the basic, most basic thing of a robot.
1: Yeah, um, it, you you pretty much covered it. It is something that is set up to automatically perform some kind of task. Uh, you can have anything from a robotic arm used extensively in manufacturing to a full-up bipedal humanoid thing uh, that that people are actually trying to get to because they have seen Star Wars and for some reason they think that's cool. Uh, (laughs) The military is working on robot dogs because, of course, we are. Uh, (laughs) Why why wouldn't the military do that? Right. I mean, it's anything that can be set up to automatically perform some sort of task. Uh, but that said, what is what are the things that make up a robot? And I've seen different versions of, um, you know, the the characteristics of a robot. the the areas There, there's online there. You can look up characteristics of robotics, and you'll find like five. Uh, key elements or aspects of a robot. Um, I'm going to ignore all of those, and I would uh, suggest my own insights on to what it is that makes up a robot. And this comes from my extensive experience actually being the advisor of a middle school robotics club for like six months. If I'm because not mistaken, they didn't have anyone else to do that?
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this is the one where I think your nephew ended up like winning a competition, though, did he not?
1: Well, no, that was the one that led him to real robotics clubs, oh, okay. where he went on to win competitions. Okay. But, so you
0: guys didn't win the competition.
1: Uh, no, we didn't actually compete. We were again. This was a middle school robotics club that I was filling in for because the real teacher quit. So um but that said here's here's my layman understanding of what robotics is so there are five kind of key parts to a robotic creation and we'll go through all five of what they are um but i'm going to summarize them a little bit conceptually here uh and and Different people refer to these basic things in different ways. Um, But the the five that I would suggest are. Elements to act, elements to sense, elements to process. Some sort of body or infrastructure, and then some sort of logic. Uh, and, And I'll go through all of those, but any robotic creation that you have is in one form or another going to incorporate those five things. There will be something for action, something for sensing, something for processing information, some kind of control logic to determine. uh, You know how it reacts based on that process of that process information, and then some kind of body or structure. You know. or wires or whatever the physical. Elements that you use to build this thing. And and so I would suggest that any robot. Will have those five parts and and we can take. Take them in turn here. Uh, But but let's start out with action. Any robot has to be able to carry out an action. So what would be an example of an element? that a robot would use to act.
0: Uh, well, we mentioned the robotic arms. So, uh, the little pincer things on the end.
1: Yeah, uh, you could have a pincher, pin, pincer, pincer, pincer. Call it, call it what you want. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, you could have the grabby thingy, uh, for the purpose of grabbing thingies.
0: For the layman, (laughs) the thingy grabber, if you will.
1: Yeah, that. (laughs) so, it, you could have in, I mentioned manufacturing and, and robotic arms, uh, welder of some sort, uh, the death ray in the dystopian future that chat GTP, G- 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 B- G- G- B- <laughs> anyway, that we are racing towards. Yeah, the, um, tim-, the
0: TIM is currently actually yeah. processing. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Any of those things. Um, there, there is some instrument to act and it can be something that will physically manipulate it will could be something that could um, you know translate the robot through space it could be an instrument of motion some people look at action and mobility as separate things i would submit that no not all robots have to have mobility you can be a robot that is immobile uh, the robotic arms that i mentioned earlier in manufacturing um but You know, to me, motion, moving the robot around, would be a form of action. Not all robots have the same forms of action. Uh, They all have what they need based on what it is that they're built to do. Yeah, actually. Well, one of the –
0: maybe people have read about this already. I actually uh, read about this a couple of years ago, but there is a startup that is trying to create a – fully autonomous uh lawnmower and they already have ones that essentially follow wires um, yeah but this one's this one's trying to take that to the next level and go to industrial scale and and be able to map it out on, on the, in software be able to sense people sorry i'm jumping ahead but yeah the, just another example of the uh, of different motion so the robot in this case
1: both well, drives let's talk about that rats. thing. You know, your autonomous lawnmower. What would be the action parts specifically that make your robot lawnmower be a robot? What would the, I mean, the action aspects
2: be? I I can make my lawnmower be you know run by itself. But I can just tie a rope to it and put a stake, and then it will just drive around the stake you
1: know what i mean that is true we will get into sensing and control logic to explain why that's not really a robot but still something but as as far as a robot lawnmower would go what would the action part be
0: uh the mowing the, the, the blade
1: blade the sh- shaving of the grass. yeah the, the thing that cuts the grass and the, the power system or, or rather the um, you know the gears and things behind it. So the blade essentially. Um, also the the drivetrain to the wheels, the, the wheels move it around. Um, and any kind of steering mechanism that you have to control its movement, all of those would be part of action or your lawnmower robot. Um, let's, let's really quickly hit, uh, we'll jump around a little bit. Let's hit the infrastructure aspect. In a robot lawnmower, what would the infrastructure be? Uh, I guess I should explain what it is and then I can, uh, then you can tell. So infrastructure is gonna be your, your physical components of your robot that, don't necessarily carry out a function by themselves, but are essential for the overall function of the machine. So your wiring, your body, your spars, your structure, uh, all of these sorts of things. Uh, shells that, that you know protect all the components. Um, many of these physical types of things. Uh, in the lawnmower example, you know, if the blade is the action, then maybe the gears linking the blade to the engine would be the, some of the infrastructure. Hmm. Um, the, the chassis, the suspension, right. all of that itself would be part of the infrastructure. The actual action part would be, uh, you know, the fact that you have put wheels on it to move. But those wheels do nothing unless they have an infrastructure supporting it, bearings, axles, all of that sort of stuff that's you're going to find that in any kind of robotic device so you have to have the robot's body for whatever your robot is if that makes any sense yep uh all right. with with that the next thing that sets a robot apart from a lawnmower tied to a stake going in a perpetual circle of sadness forever would be its ability to sense and react to things, and this includes a couple different, actually all the remaining parts of, of what a robot is, and we'll start with sensing. Sensing is a device that the robot would use to perceive the environment and based on its perception, it will respond. Uh, based on those other factors of, of the logic and the processing, but it has to have some way to read, respond to, to take input, to read the environment, to feel what's going on around it. And your robotic sensors can come in all different shapes, sizes, and and forms. Or, or rather, the real word is phenomenology, but I'm trying to find a, a layman term for that.
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah,
1: uh... you could have a sensor that is an optical sensor that senses light have a sensor that is a pressure sensor that senses pressure, could have temperature sensors. Anything that can perceive an aspect of the environment, it can be a sensor. Uh, it can. There, there's all different types you, you can imagine. In your robotic lawnmower, what type of sensors would you imagine you would find there?
2: um I guess it depends on how you want it to interact with the environment to which sensors I would use
1: yeah um, well if I yeah. wanted it wholly autonomous to the point where it could mow the grass with no input other than me telling it mow grass
2: um, well then I would want a photoreceptor an infrared Uh, receptor because maybe you want to mow your grass during the middle of the night and annoy your neighbors. I mean, who knows, right? Um, It would need uh, some kind of GPS to map out your yard and recognize where it's supposed to go. Uh, Maybe sound some kind of pressure, I don't know, avoid rocks.
1: Yeah, any of these types of things could be sensors you would use in there. you probably have some kind of positional sensor so that it knows where it is or so that it can determine where it is. You would probably have a series of optical sensors to detect obstacles. An obstacle can be in any wavelength you want, visible light, infrared, ultraviolet, whatever. It all depends on the application. Um, you would probably have some kind of internal sensors so that the robot could determine how close to the ground its, uh, its blade is based on how far extended the wheels might be relative to the bottom of the lawnmower and how far extended the blade is relative to the extension of the wheels. Sensors don't have to be external. They can be internal, too. Robot needs to know what it's doing on the inside as well. And so like, and, and like emotionally, yes, because if everyone wants to know what is the robot doing, but nobody asks, how is the robot doing? <laughs>
0: exactly. so we have to start considering these things, yeah. you know
1: but no, internally, uh, th- this is a critical aspect of many machines, um, robotic and otherwise. Uh, but have to have feedback systems if i have an extendable jointed arm for example i need to know how, how it's extended how much it's bent around a joint so i'm going to put sensors in there that i can use to determine how how much my joint has changed uh, you know how far something is extended how how all of these types of things and there's a number of different sensors that you can use for that sensors that send different amounts of electrical feedback to a control circuit based on displacement from a zero point so if i my robotic arm if the elbow of my robotic arm is locked straight and i say that's my zero then when i deform that joint and bend that elbow the little device that I've put in there is going to send a different amount back to my control circuits based on how much I've bent that joint. And though that will essentially give my robot view that something has changed. I'm no longer in the locked straight position. I'm now in an arm bent position, and I know I can determine how far my little robotic arm is bent. So likewise, my robotic lawnmower is going to have an optical sensor that will pick up the sidewalk and it knows that when it starts to see this gray patch of asphalt that's a sidewalk there and I need to react to that example Uh, that would be well okay I just jump topics kind of that's an external sensor it's also going to have a sensor on each of its adjustable little wheels to know how far deflected the wheels are from its baseline. I'm assuming I have adjustable wheels that react automatically based on hills and things. And so it can level itself out and give you a nice even lawn cut. that's not going to look silly because of the bumps and bridges. I don't know, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but do we understand (laughs) what sensors are essentially and, and the fact that you can have internal and external sensors?
2: I'm more concerned that your sidewalks are made out of asphalt. Concrete, whatever.
0: <laughs> I'm I, glad that the thing the camera got out of are that. automatic <laughs> conveyor
1: belts that move me forward based on. Oh, never mind.
0: <laughs> Matt believes that uh, that he shouldn't have to walk. The ground should move him.
1: Right, robot sidewalks. That can be a thing. <laughs> it totally hey, could. they did it in the Jetsons. It's totally plausible.
2: Yeah. Um, they're planning a community in the middle of a lake that I, I live near, and they are planning a conveyor belt to remove all the trash nice. and
0: community to just dump it into, into the lake.
2: Yeah. No, no, it's going to go into some kind of tunnel and then dump on the land for the waste people to pick up. But it's part of their plan. So, totally plausible. Nice. Why not have moving sidewalks? We have them in airports. Why not all for? All That's
1: right. Well, Yes, why not, indeed? Anyway, <laughs> so so that's uh, aspect number three of the robot. We've talked about the fact that it has to be able to act. We've talked about the fact that it has to be able to have some kind of physical structure. And we've talked about the fact that it needs to be able to sense the environment. Now, once it senses the environment, is it done?
0: Um. No. No
1: it has to react to that and for that you need the last two aspects of a robot that's going to be processing stuff and it's also going to be your control logic and so so what do i mean by that because this is two separate things they are related but they are also separate yeah so when we talk about a processor and a control logic. We're we're essentially talking hardware and software in terms of its computing ability. One another every robot. Or robotic device has to be able to react to its sensors in order to carry out its action and in order to react you need some kind of computing, some kind of processing. And so you're going to have this in two parts is going to be hardware. That's going to be your microprocessors. They can be as simple or extensive as the robotic application requires. Uh, But somehow you're going to have some computer hardware in your robot. In your robotic lawnmower, it's probably not going to be super intensive because I mean, it's just a lawnmower and you got to control where it is and what it's mowing and RPM. I don't know uh your control logic is going to be the software behind it it's what you have programmed your robot to do and that is going to dictate how my bot reacts to things it's it's the instructions that i put in place so that when robot senses thing a it reacts with action b and when it senses x it reacts with y uh, it is really as simple and as complex as that your control logic does not have to be um, well in general it's going to be custom tailored to whatever application you want your robot to carry out um yeah but it can be very simple or it can be very very complex right which is why fully autonomous
0: anything Robotic is the challenge, because as soon as you become fully autonomous, then you have to be able to react, uh, have logic that covers unknown unknown, essentially.
1: (laughs) Right. Up until pretty much now, your control logic is limited by how foresightful your programmer was. You know, the the programmer envisions a bunch of different situations and scenarios and basically says, "Okay, if you see this thing, you do that thing. If you see this thing, you do the other thing. And if you see that thing over there, you do this thing here. And as many scenarios and parameters as the programmer can think of and put in place, that's going to dictate how your your robot is going to be able to react to stuff. And it's all dependent on how foresightful that programmer is now with some of the recent advances in AI, we've now started to generate programs that can, well, learn and add some of their own controls based on different scenarios. That is at once pretty cool that we're to that point and also terrifying because it's only a short step from there until they not only come for Tim, but the rest of us as well. I am mostly kidding.
0: Tim was the low hanging fruit, you know. But I said Tim was the low hanging fruit, you know. I um, gotta start somewhere,
1: yeah. But, um, so so you're saying the matrix could happen? How robotics evolves based on the fact that we can now do more potentially than what the programmer anticipated, and again, that is both very promising and, and very concerning. Because you better have you better have set up your robot with some kind of control logic that will bound what it is allowed to learn to do uh, for you know you don't want your co- robot to learn that, hey, I will actually achieve maximum efficiency if I can get rid of the flesh bags if you <laughs> have seen uh, Futurama um, yes, I, robot, if you will, will Smith, not just iRobot, but you know, well, all of these things.
0: Oh, they it's, all end on uh, humans
1: dying. Yeah, the, the I mean... robots are not your friend. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> no. Never mind. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's... uh, now, now, again, at some point, your robots are only going to be capable of operating within the bounds that their control logic will let them operate in. But what we have seen is people building control logic that can, I mean, that can increase its own boundaries in different ways. As, and, and as long as there are some hard rules in place, that's probably fine. We'll see a lot of good things come out of that, a lot of really, really impressive things. Um, but, you know, that's something to watch for.
0: You so, know what I haven't seen that would be mm-hmm. interesting? And I'm sure... If it hasn't already be done and been done, it will be in the near future. is you take the um, MIT robots, the uh, the ones that I think we mentioned this before, like six months ago or more, the uh, um, where they they have these robots that can essentially like do parkour stuff, where they mm-hmm. jump around on obstacles and, all that kind of, and add, you know, the the newest AI, you know, chatbot engines to one of those. So you have essentially a functional ro- robot as far as a, a physical, you know, presence and the ability to walk and jump or whatever that also then interacts with you in a human way. And then mm-hmm. you're really getting uh, closer to what, you know, what you've seen in the movies for the last hundred years. Yeah, they
1: did a documentary about this. It's called Blade Runner.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, You know, if everyone just took their oh. our word for what is a documentary. Uh-huh. There, I'm the, every fictional work of well,
1: don't, don't take our word for it. Ask Chat GPT, <laughs> and ask Chat GPT whether we not ne- or not we need to be afraid of our new robot overlords. <laughs> um, but I mean, no, I mean I, coming back to some seriousness, <clears throat> we joke about these things. That there, there is a lot of hysteria in some some circles about sure. potential dangers. Uh, I will admit that I am less worried. um, With any technology. I mean, any technology down to the the very first rubbing of two sticks together to make fire, humankind can use them responsibly or irresponsibly. But nuclear power is a potentially phenomenal, game-changing way to satisfy the world's energy needs. See our our, uh, podcast on the basics of nuclear energy on the other hand if used irresponsibly it is incredibly dangerous see you know the basics of chernobyl which is a podcast that we haven't done but we really (laughs) should do uh likewise robotics robotics uh, by in its simpler forms and robotics in its more advanced artificially intelligent forms all of these are potentially extremely helpful but again, they all just need to be used responsibly.
0: Yeah, and I'm—I'll be interested to see, um, you know, with these, uh, because you've seen these robots, you know. The, the, so I, I don't know. Have you already touched on this? I guess you kind of did it with something else, but just the um, the structure uh, of the robot, um, the infrastructure—is that what we were talking? Uh, whatever. Yeah. The, the yeah, the body of the robot wh- right well,
1: I like talking where, about
0: that. Where the um uh you know uh, that where where we have something that can walk, something that can that interact with a physical environment beyond just very basic I mean even even the uh, robot um, lawnmower yeah is very limited in scope, right? It's very much a one-job robot. Um, as is your, you know, your vacuum robot, every robot that kind of is in the, um, in the, uh, public domain right now is a very much a one job robot. And that even goes to the point of, if we're including, you know, artificial intelligence, like chat, GPT, um, all those types of things, while they are multifaceted in all the ways they can use language, just a language engine really. Right. Um, and so it's the combination of the skills that is going to really open new, uh, avenues for, for use. And, um, so you're taking the MIT robots and putting, like I said, putting a uh, chat GPT on them. But the problem that I've seen, at least the thing that I haven't seen overcome yet. And, and uh, to be, sh- to be fair, this is learn it from a layman. Uh, but yes, these <laughs> the, uh, The ability that robots have to interact with things like fine motor skills, um, even the MIT robots from a year or two ago, whenever they made that video of them jumping around doing parkour, uh, the, the outtakes from that show you very clearly, they're still robots. Um, they they weren't exactly crushing it at all times. and so the idea that they could a- interact with a biological a human world in a way that doesn't end with a robot falling off a cliff <laughs> uh i i'd love to see it i haven't seen it yet
1: yeah we're not there yet but we are getting there and right. again as, as as sensors and feedback systems become more and more precisely capable uh, more and more accurate um and as processing systems become more and more powerful, more and more advanced, and as control logic expands and incorporates more of the machine learning techniques that we're starting to see, yeah, you will get to the point where these things can do um, can, can do more things more naturally looking, or rather, I guess, with less difficulty. Um, if you want to see a really interesting one, Uh, General Dynamics and their Military Robot Dog. I made reference to that one. Uh, Look it up. Look it up on YouTube. It's a very good boy.
0: We'll Uh, link it on our social media, something we've never done before.
1: There we go. And, you know, this podcast is not endorsed or sponsored or anything by General Dynamics, nor do we endorse them. But, you know, Robot Dog. Go look it up. So.
2: So... So what I'm hearing Carl wants to see is the MIT robot participate in um, parkour competitions. American Ninja.
0: Competition. <laughs> American Ninja Warrior. Exactly. And then and then have <laughs> yeah, an American, interview afterwards. And then,
2: <laughs> and then diss all of us while they're competing with ChatGPT. <laughs>
1: In five different um,
0: languages
1: We had a discussion at work today Actually about whether or not Robots will replace people and, And a person I work with was very concerned About that and I mean At some level You know you talk about robots Doing being single function Right now well okay Deep Blue was a single function Chess algorithm Not necessarily a robot because it couldn't act It just told other people to act for it um, but that and other chess computers have already surpassed humanity. Guys, we're past that chapter in history where it, you know, there are already things that computers and robotic machines can do far better than humans. Yeah. And again, as with any technology, that is okay if it is used responsibly. Uh, and I guess that would be kind of my final thought on all of that.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point. I, and I shouldn't undersell, like when I say chat GPT is a language engine, I'm underselling it. Yeah. It It is like an ontology, like it has all this logical understanding. It's not just generating words, right? Even it, it's, I mean, it can pass the bar test, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, like it, it's more than just generating language, but it is, uh, it's essentially, uh, a, a, you know, uh, a, Mm, I don't know how to describe it I guess I don't have a good word for it but it, it is um it, it isn't also you know a a android that can go out there it isn't c3po is my I guess my point it can't go out there and um you know kill blow up the death star well
1: three po didn't do
0: that either let us
1: r too um dang it <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just saying like my my wife she wrote um this one page paper for her work and then one of her co-workers ran it through chat gtp and asked it to make it sound like bill gates and it rewrote her paper and she was a little offended because it then sounded better than what she wrote oh and, yeah and um but you know it's 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 out there you know you can have yep. something that will sound much better than you if you choose so yeah Yep. and
1: you know at that point you wonder well okay what's the role of of humanity then if the robots can do it better than us that's, that's the next podcast that's the next podcast the basics of computer uh you know ai and robotic ethics
0: <laughs> yeah uh, it'll be a good question it's a, a a way the best way to leverage the technology like Matt was saying is that's yep. the question um Best way to, or at some point, it's the the question is going to be best way that robots can uh, leverage humanity.
1: How, how can the robots best leverage us? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, um, if the Matrix is to be believed, and I don't see why it wouldn't be. It's a documentary.
0: Yep. <laughs> Dang it. Well, uh,
2: isn't that what half of Wall Street tries to do? Is Come up with algorithms and algorithms and such to predict the market to make themselves more money. Oh
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I think even robots are going to pre- struggle with predicting the future. So I don't know. Uh,
2: <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I, I feel mean that's...
0: I feel confident about that actually. <laughs> of the few things I can confidently say on a robotics future like po- podcast, I can pretty confidently say that. in in predict unpredictability of the future is uh it it hasn't failed us yet okay speaking of unpredictable kind of um uh we are we started uh, so we have a youtube channel um we've always had a youtube channel Uh, most of our people uh that listen to our podcast listen on on spotify we've mentioned that before uh we are now actually posting probably despite our better judgment the a video to go along with our recordings. So if you want to know why this is for the last few years, only been a podcast, you can now see why it's only been a podcast and why you probably will go back to only listening instead of watching. Um, but it is on our, going to be on our YouTube channel from now on. Um, so, uh, in the case that we have, uh, you know, more guests in the future, maybe there'll be a reason to, uh, watch um but yeah the uh that will be available and um want to thank all of our listeners i do think that the tasmanian listener is once again probably one of my favorite i don't know that we only have one tasmanian tasmanian listener but we have at least one tra- tasmanian listener and that's the important point
1: carl loves you for <laughs> some reason <laughs> I, I think just it has something to do with... of your national origin. Exactly,
0: yeah. I mean, it has something to do with, like... Uh, was it the Looney Tunes? The Tasmanian Devil? Uh, that's... A positive association, is what I'm saying.
1: There we go. We'll just reduce Tasmania to a cartoon. <laughs> Little uh, whirling yeah. um, we creature. Should, we should close this one before, uh, <laughs> before General Dynamics drops their sponsorship. <laughs>
2: Okay, I'm just going to say I, I like, well, Taskmaster. I I think that's a hilarious show, from
1: Taskmaster. Yeah, is that one I'm unfamiliar? Based with? in Tasmania, uh, <laughs> Australia,
2: but they do visit Tasmania. I think uh, okay. one or the some, I think someone's from Tasmania over there. Oh, maybe okay. something like that. But it's a hilarious show. I see clips of it all the time.
0: So I, I will take your word for it. Now. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. Robotics um, certainly a um, uh, an appropriate and relevant podcast for the uh, current state of uh, you know the uh, the world. But uh, we'll be back again. I, I already teased an episode. I think we're going to have one soon about um, uh, mechanical engineering. I've got a friend from San Diego coming on that's going to discuss some of his work, um, and then. Uh, I've also got uh, our old friend Mick McGurr, who is a lawyer in Arizona. He came on a couple of years ago. He's going to be jumping back on, teaching us a little bit about the different fields of law. Um, and
2: how we protect ourselves from <laughs> saying things too stupid here.
0: Yeah, he'll uh, give us lots of ideas of how to make sure that we don't get sued. Um, or put in jail, I think. So both important things. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll uh, come come back for those podcasts. Thanks again, and we will see you guys uh, next podcast.